Hey mamas, I wanted to talk to you about a great shoe brand for the entire family. One that is stylish, realistically priced, and great for everyday wear. The brand's name is Lugs. Lugs prides itself on quality materials and supreme comfort, and the brand has never wavered with the passing of trends. One thing about Lugs that has remained true is its distinctive style. Lugs offers a full range of stylish footwear for the entire family. You can buy shoes for the toddlers, the elementary school kids, the teens, and mom and dad. Fall is right around the corner and you're gonna need a new pair of boots. I love my boots from Lugs. I also love my canvas sneaks. I wear them to the grocery store, to picking up the kids from school, and on the soccer fields. You can check them out on lugs.com and get 30% off all full-priced items with code MIMOSA30. Treat yourself to a new, realistically priced, everyday wear, comfortable, fun pair of shoes. You know you deserve it. And let's get started with today's episode. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I'm your host, Abby Williams. Today, I'm welcoming on Naya Roush. She is the founder and creator of Mother Untitled, a place that supports all women who choose to pause or flex work in order to make room for the needs of family life and motherhood. After 10 years in brand strategy with an MBA from Stanford, Naya paused her own career to focus on family. In the years following, she would find more clarity, confidence, and creativity than in her decade-long career prior. We talk all about this in today's episode. We talk about making room for family. We talk about leadership skills that she's learned in the home because kids are the greatest motivator. She talks about giving yourself the permission to reset and reflect and test and create personally and professionally, giving yourself permission to invest in yourself. There's so much that we cover in today's episode. I so enjoyed this conversation with Naya. And if you do, please go find Naya over on Motherhood Untitled on Instagram. You can also subscribe to her newsletter on motherhoodentitled.com for ideas, support, and tools for this stage of life. Or you can join her membership community. She's offering $10 off the first month of membership. Um, with code mimosas with MU. Um, All of that will be in the description of this podcast. Be sure to go give her a follow, go check out her membership community. And if you enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me, and I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started. Cheers. Naya, welcome to the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I am so excited that you are here today because we're going to be talking all about making room for the family life. And I know that this is something that many of us struggle with or, you know, just have questions about. So we're going to talk about it. But before we get started, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, it's so kind of you, Abby. I've so admired what you have created. And I've said this to you before. I think there's so much alignment with the work we do and the women we speak to. Um, So thank you. 
I, so I started Mother Untitled in 2016 when I had my first son. Uh, His name is Bodie. He's five. And I have a daughter since then who is two and a half. We live on the Upper West Side in New York. And I had graduated business school two years before. And I had been in advertising for about a decade before that. And I was working, quote unquote, my dream job, which it turned out wasn't my dream. I think there was many dreamy parts about it. But when I had my son, and I know, Abby, you felt similarly, I just felt a sense of purpose Mm -hmm. and a sense of peace. Obviously, there's there's hard parts about motherhood and the entry into motherhood. But in terms of purpose, which I think I'd been lacking in the workplace at that moment in time, I felt it. And so it was really quite natural for me to make a decision to pause my career. And at that moment in time, I suddenly felt the real societal pushback of what it means to be a stay-at-home mother. And, um, you know, it was 2014 when I graduated business school. It was 2016 when I had my son and the lean-in movement, which you might Mm -hmm. remember was really huge. And it was a rallying cry among women. And what it had done, while I loved it for furthering women in the workplace, it had sort of abandoned the image of the stay-at-home mother in the 1970s. And I, meanwhile, during my pause, was feeling more creative and connected than I'd felt in a really long time. I think setting aside your ego for a little bit, um, making room for family, let me make room for myself to explore a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I was also meeting these incredible women who were making their own shifts and pauses. And I felt like all of this was in such harsh contrast to that narrative. Yeah. And so I wanted to start a space that felt really empowering to the women who were modern and ambitious choosing to make room for family. And I started Mother Untitled then. It's been five years or four years since then. And um, it's been growing a community of like-minded women ever since. Yeah. And I'm definitely one of your like-minded women because I'm like sitting here just like nodding along. Like my story is so much like yours, you know, where I began my motherhood journey at 21. And then, so that was like a different experience, but it was just like, go, 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 check your boxes, you know, get your degrees, get your job, you know, do all the things. But then once I had the next three, you know, it kind of just changed something in me and the call to leaning out instead of leaning in. You know, I left that dream job that I had worked so hard to get to, Um, you know, as a single mom with my firstborn in tow, you know, we, I got my bachelor's degree. I got my master's degree. I get the job. And I think I was in that position. I had Beatrice in that position and then I got pregnant again with Josie And I think I worked that position like one year before I left and I'm back like part time and I guess like that role. But in leaving, then I created Mimosas with Moms and my passion here and the creativity that you're talking about and connecting with like minded people and just being the supportive person for others in those early years of motherhood and, you know, all the ups and downs of motherhood. It is. It's just like something special. Um, so I'm definitely part of your community. And <laughs> I feel like, you know, what a very similar story, right? 
And and also the shifts you're talking about, which is, you know, it's not so black and white. It's what I say to everyone. And it's why I talk about making room for family, not just when I first started, I thought this was about the modern stay at home mother. But Mm -hmm. then as I went through my own versions of what I call the untitled chapter, right, this moment of pausing or shifting, I went through, you know, pausing completely, going back to freelance two days a week, right? then taking those two days and working on my own platform, then doing it alongside family and raising yeah. the kids and now shifting back into sort of part-time work on this as a business, yeah. as opposed to a passion project, so many different versions. And I've done it for, you know, four and a half years. And and I think right. that it's such an iterative process and it looks different for everyone. And it looks different okay. for my me than it, as it did <laughs> six months ago. And by the way, it'll look different again when my kids are back in school. Thank God. In- I know. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I already have like everything on the calendar for when everybody's like back into swing, like full time, you know, because I have to like pause more stuff over the summer when all four kids are at home and I have limited childcare. I guess mostly, you know, by choice, like just want to spend their summers with them and you know and I think like that's okay I love that though that you're kind of just honoring this family time because I think it is so important and so let's talk about it and making space for the family how do we do that well it looks so different (laughs) for so many different people and I think you know first of all I would say there's a real you know privilege in it. Right. right, right, Um, I think, but I want to qualify that because I think so often media has told the story of it being a privilege or a luxury to stay home with children. And actually that, that is not the case, right? There are are women. We saw that at the end of 2020 and how many women were forced out of the workplace, essentially, you know, due due to the pandemic and having to care for children. And 100%. Also, you know, and that early childhood care is insane in our country here in the States. 100%. And I think women who, so the privilege isn't necessarily to stay home, right? The, because there's right. women who can't afford the child care to offset their salary. And then there's, right. the, there's also not a privilege in going back to work, right? There's women right. who can't afford to lose their income. And there's, right not a privilege to exist in between people find hybrids. The privilege is really to get to choose. Once you accept that, once you accept the privilege to choose, um, then there's so much gray area in making room. And I think you sort of have to constantly, my first thing I always say is get clear with yourself on what makes you and your family your best version, right? It could be, um, it could be a part-time hybrid solution. If you're saying I want to work in my existing industry. I'm going to look to mentor female mentors within this industry to figure out how they've navigated flexible options, or I'm going to go to flex work boards. We have one on our site, but there's plenty that exists where you can find flexible roles within various industries. Or you say, you know what, I'm going to mentally prepare for a full pause. That's all the other, where I'm going to embrace and you said lean, you know, we use this phrase of leaning in and leaning out. And I would say, we embrace what we gain by leaning into family for a period of time. And right. we accept what's not going to necessarily move forward in our career for a moment in time. And we're going to sort of accept that we can see what happens, right? Um, right? And explore new things. I don't think your story or my story is rare, Abby. And that yeah. sometimes making room for family 
we actually make room for ourselves to find new things. And I think um, sometimes that space actually opens doors that we don't know are going to come. And there's a bit of sort of two things, trusting yourself that your career and your education beforehand is going to serve you on the other side and trusting that it's a long game. So whatever you do in this moment, whatever quote unquote version of balance that you construct to make room for family life while also making room for yourself, whether that's a full pause or the gray area of starting something on your own or going into flexible work, it's temporary and you can reevaluate at different times based on the needs of your family. I think that that's really important to note is like that it can always change and that it is going to change. You know, you're going to change. Your priorities are going to change. You know, and I just think like that's important to kind of remember or keep that perspective that change is inevitable. Um, Because I think like we get stuck in, you know, I kind of went through that, like leaving the workplace and, you know, what the heck am I doing? I just work so hard. What are people going to think? Like I had just graduated with my master's the year before and now here I am like leaving this dream job that I had worked so hard to get to, you know, and I I found myself like making like excuses or like blaming certain things, which is why I was leaving because I didn't really want people to know that like I just wanted time with my kids. I just wanted time with my family. It felt like I don't even know. Um, Antiquated. I think that's the the stigma. I was, you know, we as a culture have created that because and I really do date this back over years and I and I love what the feminist movement did you know in, in right. terms of again elevating right. women in the workplace but what we did like I said is abandoned women choosing to prioritize family right. in the 1970s so we right. have this very antiquated feeling so if you are you Abby and you've right. just gone gone to grad school and you're a modern woman and an independent woman suddenly yeah. you feel like I'm making a choice to prioritize family life does that make me a not a feminist does that make me not ambitious? Does that make right. me not modern? When realistically now, all of those things, ambition is really redefining success at different chapters, right? Yeah. Identifying what your values are in that moment in time, trusting yourself right. to sort of follow that path. But of course you felt that way. And I think that, right. that that was something a lot of the women I was meeting, making their own shifts and pauses were feeling. Right. And I think, you know, we kind of forget that the stay-at-home mother still has a lot of these same roles that probably you had in the workplace, right? You might be leaving those jobs, but you're not really leaving those roles. And I can't really think of like many jobs that none of those skills are following you home to be a mother, you know, whether or I- growing <laughs> or growing, right? And I think like leadership is probably a big one. How do leadership? we kind of yeah. nurture like leadership skills in the in the home? You know, it's I literally just posted about this yesterday too, yeah. which is I had this very ordinary day with my kids, and I found yeah. myself um, realizing we were at like a juncture point in our day that we weren't moving past, and I just decided to be silly and use humor. And I thought, wow, I would have never done that before. Oh right. my goodness, I've grown so much, and wow, I'm learning different ways to get through and build a relationship and move through difficult moments. And by the way, during the course of that very ordinary day, I had to use clear communication. I had to 
balance empathy with firmness, right? Which right. is so applicable. I had to plan the day, keep it moving, be flexible, use time management. Right. By the way, ruthlessly prioritize, right? Figure right. out what you're going to let go of. Like, <laughs> let go of the clean house. That's not going to happen today. But like, let's focus on just keeping everyone calm. And yeah. I think that all of those sort of um, leadership skills end up getting nurtured in the home as this incredible training ground that none of us expect. And we don't really notice it in the ordinary day until we look up and we're like, wow, we've grown. And you, I mean, you talk a lot about sort of the deeper healing and generational mm -hmm. trauma, but yeah. I think there is nothing like children right. to act as a motivation to look inward and I heal so things too. about yourself. You know, whether that's the big common one I've heard is anger, right? Like yeah. so many of us have had really repressed relationships with anger. You don't realize that until you have a two-year-old right. or a three-year-old testing that limit. And you're like, wait a second. You're I like exploding. That to come out. Right, exactly. Right. So you go so inward normal. and deal right. Right. and deal. And I think that all of that fuels a more patient, empathetic, firmer leader when we come out the other side of parenting. They are just such a mirror, aren't they? They just like make Truly. you look at all of your stuff. Why am I getting so angry about my child not wanting to put his shoes on? What the heck is going on here? Being able to like really look inward, you know, I think that that is just so powerful. Um, I think that our kids are one of our biggest teachers. You know, I am always just like grateful for this role. Because it does. It changes you. It pushes you forward and it helps you grow. I so agree with what you were saying. Let's go back to the letting things go, though, um, because I think that is something that is probably one of the hardest parts of motherhood is identifying what to let go. You know, I think that we live in this world where we are comparing ourselves to different social media platforms. And you've got the Pinterest moms who might be, you know, super crafty and creative and great with their kids. You might have, you know, the moms that are on Instagram that have the beautiful homes and the well-balanced meals. And you're just like struggling to keep your head above water someday, right? How are we like prioritizing our family while also have all these different things that we're in this comparison trap to, right? You know, that comparison can be so <laughs> icky. You and I were talking about like the joys of Instagram in some way. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think it, one of those things is being able to look at like what's really resonating and what's not, you know, what's right. not me. Okay. I think, I think that so much of it, I mean, this sort of goes back to our conversation about balance or, mm -hmm. or versions of balance. Your version of balance might be different from my version of balance, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And I think that that applies to our households too, right? Your version mm -hmm. of a happy household looks different from my version of a happy household. And I think deciding, and that can change from last week to this week, but you get to decide. And I'll give you the example of when I had Bodhi, I mentioned that I really found a lot of creativity and peace in that moment in that stage of life. Now that was very right. different after my second child that goes to show two very different right. experiences. I had, I had postpartum anxiety. That's a different conversation. But right. in that first year of motherhood, I made a very conscious decision that during his naps, I was not going to clean the house. I was not going to do the laundry. I was, I would stockpile that at the end of the day and do that with my partner at 
the completion of the day, but yeah. I was going to accept that my husband was going to walk into a dirty home event. <laughs> Not dirty. It right. wasn't dirty, but it was right. messy. It was messy. And, right. and I also know, and I regret this in some ways because my son is a very picky eater now, but I was going to forego like the really elaborate meals yeah. for being able to use that hour and a half or whatever it was at different junctures of his napping to focus on mother untitled and building myself up, focus on right. meditation on a 20 minute movement, because those were the things that let me show up for my child and myself the best I could yeah. at that moment. Now at different phases, I've evolved that, you know, suddenly a clean house did become important to me and I prioritized right. accordingly, but allowing yourself to revisit and figure out what makes me and my family the best version and what am I accepting isn't going to be for right now. But I think so much and this ties to, again, the version of sort of work-life balance that we talked about is really owning those choices as your, for yourself and allowing them to be empowered choices, right? Yeah. Owning what is going to work and what you're gaining and accepting what isn't for right now. And I think that, you know, it was like an important thing that you kind of just said again is like that things change again, you know, and it probably changes through the different like stages that you're in in your motherhood. You know, I think when you have two, ba you have a baby and a toddler, you know, the two kids and you're just like up to your eyeballs in the trenches, like in the thick of it all day doing the kids alone while your partner's at work. I, you know, of course, like the house is messy, right? You're just like keeping people alive. You know, you need a nap probably. You need to rest in the day. Um, and getting your partner on board in the evening, you know, I think that that's a great idea. And then, you know, the kids are a little more self-sufficient now. Now I can keep the house more picked up. You know, I think like we have to kind of honor those different stages of motherhood and that we're not always going to look like some of the Instagram accounts that you might be following. And if you're getting yourself in the comparison trap on Instagram, go unfollow those accounts that make you feel any kind of way. It's okay. It is <laughs> so much more than them. okay. <laughs> they, those people will find them. <laughs> or know that it's just a, you know, it's, it, I know this about our own account. There was a long time right. that I shared a lot of um, the play ideas that helped us to structure our day, right? To yeah. allow us to elevate the day-to-day -day at home. And for me, so much of keeping myself sane was predictable rhythms, right? And routines right. for myself, honestly, I think kids are fine anyway. It happens to serve our family. So in doing that and sharing that so that our community, many of whom are at home for portions of the week, could have tools I recognize that for some people, art is not what they want to do. And I think right. what those what those people who might be seeing, oh, she's doing some strange salad spinner paint activity. I should be doing that. What they don't know is my kids are eating chicken nuggets at night because right. I'm doing a salad spinner, right? So there's <laughs> always something that yeah. someone is giving to be able yeah. to do what they're doing. Right. And I kind of value more of the family time, the communication around our dinner table more than I value what's on those plates. Right. To me, that's more important. You know, I want to be having conversations with my family. I want to, I want the dinner table to be a place where we talk about our highs and our lows, 
as a family. You know, I want my husband to be able to talk about, you know, he didn't land that job that he was bidding and, you know, what a bummer, you know, the disappointment or the frustration, you know, and kind of model those things for the kids. I want to come to the table and say, hey, sorry, I lost my cool today when we were doing this activity, you know, and have those repair moments. I want to be able to go around the dinner table and talk about, you know, oh, my friend at school, like, shared this thing with me and it was really awesome and I felt really good about it and, like, celebrate those things. And I just don't care if you're getting (laughs) the meal right now. Like, I don't want to have those fights at the dinner table over what you're eating because I just think it's more important what's happening there. And that's me and my house. That's what I value. And like, you know, there's the accounts that share the well-balanced meals and there's people that really value well-balanced meals. And if that's like what you value, that's okay too. You know, I just think, yeah, we kind of have to find what is best for us and our family and what makes our family time special. No. I think that's going to be such a, I hope that's the path forward in general for motherhood. I think about this a lot where we can be each other's best allies. I think so often content media has pitted us, you know, even I think about the working mother and the stay at home mother and those wars seem so antiquated because realistically there's so much like we're talking about here, gray area. There's so much of understanding that the kids are okay. No matter what you like, as long as a child feels loved, whether you're working out of the home or in the home or existing in between, you are making a personal choice and it's our choices, right? And I think if we own our choices as unique for ourselves and not make it about like the kids, because so often I think if we say like, we're staying at home because of attachment and, or we're staying, we're working to model something better for our children. We're owning that I stay home because it makes me a better version. And I enjoy this for right now. You work because you enjoy that or you need to work or whatever the case may be. And I think if we make it about ourselves and not our kids, we start Mm -hmm. to diffuse that defensiveness. And I think the same goes for home cooked meals versus our projects. We're doing it for ourselves and (laughs) allowing ourselves to enjoy what we want from this phase of life. And I know, don't make yourself be something that you're not, you know what I mean? Like, I think like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is great. But if you're like, you are not the crafty mom and you never do crafts with your kids, like your kids are going to turn out fine. You do not have to be the crafty mom. (laughs) And the kids can see through it. I think one of the best things children have gifted me is authenticity. I think that, you know, so often in the workplace, at least in my 20s and early 30s before I had kids, there was so... Um, you you sort of create a persona of yourself. And I think right. kids see through that so quickly and they see you at your messiest and you sort of, it is of all the things that we talk about in the training ground of motherhood and this chapter right. of life. I think that authenticity is such a big part of it. I think so too. Um, Naya, before we wrap up, let's talk about giving ourselves permission to invest in ourselves, to rest, to pause. How do we like encourage moms to do those things? Because I think one thing that no matter if you're the stay-at-home mom, the working mom, whatever kind of mom you identify as, we all struggle with that mom guilt, right? And giving ourselves that permission is a hard thing to do for a lot of moms um, to rest, to pause, whether that's personally, professionally, you know, 
and really making it more about making that time for the family? I love that question because I think you're so right. So part of Mother Untitled <laughs> has been interviewing all these women in sort of various shades of gray, including the full right. pause or entrepreneurship alongside motherhood or or flex work. And universally, every woman talks about the guilt to hire yeah. help or ask right. for help. And I think that it is because especially this applies to every woman, but especially in the context of women who don't do paid work. Right there, we have this belief structure that we don't deserve help, then, right? And we need to destroy that belief because you are doing such immense work in the home. You are doing the most, I mean, the first of all, there's such a value attached to that, but beyond that, when we are able, just like you would in the workplace, create surround yourself with support, right? So that you can do a better job, the same applies in the home. And I think that there's a nature of work with children that is so particularly emotionally draining because it's so particularly personal is that really begets a different level of making sure that we are at, we're really doing, taking care of ourselves. And I think that has been one of the biggest lessons in motherhood. And I think the thing that has given me permission is knowing that when I invest in myself, whatever that looks like, whether that's asking for help from my partner and saying, you're going to need to wake up this morning so I can have till 7.30 or 8 to, you know, meditate and yoga. And then I'm going to turn back on at bedtime and and do some more self-care and creativity or bringing in a babysitter two days a week so I can build this community alongside. When I do that, it allows me to be a better version for my kids. Yeah, Investing in myself allows me to be a better version for them. And and this is sort of the longitudinal view, and this sort of speaks to a lot of the work you do, mm-hmm. Abby, in terms of healing sort of generational beliefs. Yeah. I, I allow them to see that it's okay to invest in ourselves, that taking yeah. care of ourselves, myself feeds the whole family. And I, I yeah. think those two things, when I think about early motherhood, were really important to learn um, and have, have, have paid off in allowing this chapter to be um, a healthier, happier version for me. Yeah, I know. And I know, I think that that's kind of like another thing with like modern motherhood that has shifted where, you know, years ago, you had babies in a literal like village of people, you know, you were surrounded by your family, you know, now with like our modern society, you know, you you leave your house when you turn 18, you go off to college, maybe you get your first job in another city, um, you know, and your families are more dispersed now. You're not surrounded by your village. And I think ha- being really intentional and in creating that village, creating your support, asking for help from your partner, from whoever is around you, hiring help, you know, it is, it's so important. And we we need to be a good mommy. You know, you need a break. <laughs> I also think valuing the help is not yeah. just for the mom, you know, and I right. think this is something I talk about too a lot is that when we, you know, so often the block on hiring help is financial, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. and, and, or it's, well, I didn't, you know, how can we justify it? It is a joint decision as partners because it benefits everyone in the ecosystem, right? And I think earmarking that capital, not as like, oh, this is for my own self-care, 
Right. But this is to support our family. And there are such, just like we talked about the gray area of sort of flexibility and making room for family in the workplace, whether that's a full pause or freelance or, um, or part-time work. I think that there's a lot of gray area on help. There's mother helper, yeah. mother's helpers, there's babysitters, there's yeah. home del- food delivery services, there's cleaning service, you know, there's, it's not yeah. black and white. And I think, again, tuning into what you personally need your family benefits from and yeah. knowing that investing in whatever that is benefits everyone, not just you. Yeah. Really I helpful. totally agree. I totally agree. Naya, tell my listeners where they can find you. Oh, you're so kind to let me say that. Um, you can follow along for empowerment messages, validation, thoughts on how to reframe this chapter on our Instagram uh, yeah. at Mother Untitled. Or you can pop and follow uh, the newsletter on motheruntitled.com, which is full of tools and support and ideas for this stage of life. Yes. Or more recently, as of this summer, we launched a membership community that basically brings to life that idea that in making room for family, you can make room to learn and connect. And yeah. so we do monthly circles and monthly workshops, and you can come over to the site to explore more on that. Yeah, Naya, that sounds awesome. I love that you're doing that and that you've created the membership community. Congratulations. Thank you. I know that that will help so many mothers. You know, I think that one thing that kind of this pandemic has done that was like positive, I guess, has opened the door to more of these online communities where, you know, motherhood could just feel so isolating and alone and finding these pockets of people, whether they're in person or maybe you're in a stage of life where in person wasn't feasible anyway outside of this pandemic. You know, I love that that these things are happening. So I'm always like looking for places to send my mamas, you know, go connect with people, find your village, you know, it is so important to just be in that circle of like-minded women and just have that connection. So I love that you have created that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Naya, thank you so much for joining me. I hope everybody goes and gives you a follow and cheers to better family time. Thanks for all you do, Abby. Thanks for having me. Thanks.